ideas, inspiration, innovation. This is The Game Changer. And now here's your host, Chickie Fitzgerald. Good afternoon. This is Chickie Fitzgerald, and we have a special treat for you today. Actually, it's a special treat for me because uh, after 15 years of doing this show, I get to choose those topics that are things that I really need. So we are talking uh, today to Joanne Victoria, and she has written a book called Vision with a capital V, Create the business of your dreams. And she talks in this book about expanding your vision, expanding your business, and expanding your life. And I am at a really pivotal point in my uh, business. And uh, I do think really, really big, which uh, is why uh, the person who introduced Joanne and I brought us together. And I am just so excited to welcome her. Joanne, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Chickie. It's I'm honored to be here. <laughs> well, hopefully it'll also be a little bit fun. Joanne, uh, I always like to start with your backstory. What would people not know about you if they looked at you on LinkedIn or even if they looked at your website? Well, let's start almost at the beginning. I was a good little Catholic girl who uh, got married, had children, got unhappy and decided to leave it all behind and travel to the West Coast as people have been doing for generations to find <laughs> out, <laughs> you know, to figure out who I was and why I was alive and what I should be doing with my life. And that's what I did. Uh, landed in the San Francisco uh, airports a long time ago and had three kids, one cat, 12 pieces of luggage and a thousand dollars. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And within um, two weeks, I had a job. I had a car, I had a TV for the kids, which, which is always very important for children, <laughs> and uh, proceeded to uh, uh, change my life. I had that first job, then I had another job, and then I was involved in um, engineering for a while. And then I was involved in uh, real estate. And I think real estate is what really helped set me free. Because in real estate, you get to choose uh, how much money you make, who you deal with, who you spend time with. And I had freedom that I'd never known existed before. Mm. And one thing led to another. I uh, got involved in uh, personal development workshops and I started facilitating them with a partner, then by myself. And fast forward, leap a couple of decades, uh, and here we are today, combining all of my skills with, in a nice big pot, mixing them all together and being able to help others live their life in a better way. Well, I love uh, the courage that you showed in, in stepping out and really going after uh, what, you, what you wanted. And, and you didn't know the answer, right? You didn't set out and, and uh, you know, have that, that uh, in mind already. And it's so funny because I back, oh gosh, must have been in the late 70s, uh, I had grown up in, in the Midwest and was in Milwaukee and hated 
the weather. Uh, absolutely hated it. And the last year I was there, I think we had 80 inches of snow uh, in about an eight week period. And it was like, I am done with that. And so I took a look at where I wanted to move. I looked at San Francisco because I had uh, my aunt and uncle live there. And I looked at Washington, D.C. and thought that would be interesting. And strangely enough, I ended up in Denver, Colorado. So, you know, I mean, I, there was still snow. But, you know, it's, it's funny because as you begin this, this journey with the book, and, and I want to talk a little bit about what, what brought you, and I know you've written a number of books, but what brought you, uh, before we dive into this, to this book and, and who did you write it for and, and what really brought you to putting all of this uh, down on paper? Well, uh, working with a book coach, she clearly told me that people write books for themselves. And I think at the time I was looking at how could I help myself and others like myself who were trying to figure out how to live their life in the best way possible and start their own business. Um, I had my own business at the time and I knew that others did too, but what I knew in my heart and in my mind was I wasn't thinking big enough. And I could see that other people that were surrounding me were also not thinking big enough. And that was really the key because people don't realize how big they can think, how big they can dream. And my feeling is that if you have this big bubble, this big place, this huge pie plate, this huge cake plate, you can go in and touch more people and touch more opportunities than if you have a little tiny four inch uh, tea plate, you know what I'm saying? And then I thought that it would be important, and I still do, that people, number one, have a vision for their life, which they don't usually have. Most of their visions were really a mission statement. And just think really, really big. How big can you think? And to push that envelope, to push the edge to a point where you're thinking so big and some of it comes true. And if you hadn't thought big, none of it would have come true. Right, right. Well, I think it's interesting that, you know, as you start, uh, again, the journey of this particular book, you encourage people to, to really take stock of where they are. And, and having that big vision of where they want to be, and then, you know, laying out the path in between. And as I mentioned in my intro, I'm, I'm at a pivotal point because I've actually had my own business since 1996. And the first chapter of that was about 10 years long, and I was a strategic consultant. So while I was mostly a solopreneur, I had a real gift for pulling together large teams. So uh, I had a virtual company where I grew to about $1.8 million of doing you know, again, uh, large strategic projects. And then over the last 10 years, I've been doing uh, tech companies and have been building tech solutions. And so your questions of, are you satisfied? Uh, Is your business for real? Why did you choose to have your own business to begin with, right? And then, then actually telling the truth to yourself, 
about the current state of your business? And, you know, I think the answer to that today versus a year ago uh, is certainly significant because of the impact that COVID has had on so many of our businesses. Uh, I happen to rely on the travel and events industry uh, for the the uh, fiscal health of my company, <laughs> so I don't need to tell you where I am. And right. it doesn't doesn't take a lot of courage to be truthful with myself about the current state of the business. But what what is the process that you encourage people to go through in and really answering those questions? Is this sitting down in a quiet room and and actually writing this in a journal? Is it getting a a coach and having somebody to uh, really walk you through this? Is it a combination of those? I think it's both. You you're right on the last part, a combination. But first, you must start and tell yourself the truth, and you don't doesn't cost any money. It just takes a little bit of your time. And I'm a fond, I have a fondness for yellow pads. So I always tell people buy a yellow pad or buy 12. They usually sell them 12 at a time and sit down and tell yourself the truth. It's something that people don't do. COVID uh, pandemic besides, we still have the opportunity to start our own business now. And so many people have done that. So when people tell me, oh, I think I want to start my own business, Joanne, good, write this down. And they go, wait, let's talk. And I say, yeah, after you write, after you tell yourself the truth, <laughs> you know, you have to, you have, the truth is something we, we don't spend too much time with because, right. we you know, we don't want to know what's going on within ourselves or outside of ourselves. Right. So we have the media bombarding us, but we have to bombard our own selves. So yes, a quiet room with a yellow pad and a nice pen or pencil in your hand and write down, what do you want? Do you, do you truly have a business? Is your checking account made out in the, the name of your business? Do you have a, an LLC? Do you have another type of corporation or are you just putting it all in one pot? Because these are simple things that you can do on your own. And then once you get to the point where you want to hire a coach to help you move forward to greatness, to huge vision, then you have something to come to the meeting with. You're not sitting there with, you know, uh, your mouth hanging open and a bubble over your head. You have, <laughs> you know, you have something significant to deal with. Well, and I think the other thing uh, and the significance of the is your business for real is uh an issue that a lot of people don't think about, you know, I mean, they really don't, they think they've got a great idea and they look around and say, nobody's doing it. And they never ask themselves the really hard questions of is no one doing it because no one's willing to pay for it. Right. Right. Or, or, you know, how do you generate demand? Because demand generation, I come out of the travel industry where 25 years after launching their business, Priceline and Expedia still spend $10 billion a year attracting business. So the brand itself, while everybody can tell you who at least one or two of the top travel websites who they are, they still have to spend $10 billion with a B each year. And, and so having a great idea may not be enough, which I, I think is, is really something that people do need to be realistic about. Yes, because uh, the way the universe is built, you know, we're all sort of floating around on the outer and inner parts of planet Earth. When you have an idea, guaranteed there is somebody else in the universe who's got a similar idea. 
So if you think you've got a good idea, you have to, you know, grab it by the toes and hold on real hard right. and talk to somebody else who's not attached to what you're trying to create. Uh, first thing I would say is if you have a great idea, get a new URL that expresses what's in that idea. That at least is the beginning, even if it sits there for five years while you get your stuff in order just have that URL so that you can have that website at some point in time. But telling the truth is probably more important than anything else. The truth about, do you really want to, do you have what it takes to go into business with this, with this thought or idea? Right. Because it takes a lot and it's not just money. Money, of course, is important, as you just said about Priceline and Xperia. You know, yes, they can go with $10 billion a year. Can you go with $1 million a year? So you have to ask yourself these hard questions. What do you need to do to make this work? What do you need to do to make it an effective business? Is it going to be a real business or is it just going to be a hobby? Not that there's anything wrong with hobbies, but you right. have to know the truth about it. Right, right. So then you talk about looking at what is standing in your way. And I love the metaphor of, of the lights of that a caution light, you know, that yellow flashing light is different from a red light, but you still have to pay attention to it. You can't ignore, well, here in Florida, lots of people ignore the yellow caution light. <laughs> I will tell you, when I moved here, I could not believe how many people run red lights here, but we can't do that in business. We can't ignore the caution light. So, so what is the difference in business and what are the clues that are embedded uh, in those caution lights that can actually make our business much stronger in the end? Well, if you find that you're not confident, that's a caution light uh, close to being a red light. And that's a huge one. And if you're not totally confident about yourself, because it's you that needs to have attention paid to before the product or service gets attention paid to, you need to be strong, you need to be confident, you need to trust yourself. So many people think they can start a business without trusting themselves. They have no confidence and no esteem and you can't do that because you are the fallback. You're the one people are going to go to and say, hey, Joanne, hey, Chicky, what do we do about this? And you go, I don't know. You have to, <laughs> you have, to have a better answer than that. So it's really important that you know and trust in yourself. So that's kind of a huge caution light. And you can increase the confidence in yourself. You can increase the esteem in yourself if you can work on it. If you're willing to say, hey, I don't really trust myself here, I need help. You know, you can get help from a book, you can get help from my book, you can get help from a coach or a consultant. But the bottom line is you need to be more confident within yourself in order to move forward. And that's a huge, huge issue. And it pertains to many, many people. Conversely, you have people who have all the confidence in the world, but have no business skills. So they really have to get into learning about business skills. So if you don't know anything about what used to be called soft skills are now called firm skills, can be called hard skills, you better get yourself some good books, some good coaches, and some good courses online to learn about different skills that you don't have. Because at the beginning, you may not be able to have the resources to hire them to hire people with these skills. 
right? Well, or the skills to get people to follow you. I happen to be uh, a, a master at bootstrapping an idea and pulling together a team of people who believe enough in me and believe enough in the vision to follow me and work with me uh, without compensation, which, uh, by the way, that can only take you so far. Uh, I've had close to 40,000 hours of sweat equity from my team, including my own time. Um, but, but that is not easily procured. And so if you can't do that and you don't have the skills yourself, um, then you've got to be able to have the money to bring people on board. So that either comes right from people paying for your product or service or from someone investing, uh, in you. And, and so before you can even get there, uh, you know, I love the fact, again, that you use the analogy of the 12-step the program, right, of figuring out what is your vision first, right? Where, what is the end game, right? And then laying, laying that out. And, and that's a discovery process, right? Another, uh, probably another yellow notepad. Absolutely. And uh, now that you mentioned that, one of the retreats that I used to have for people who were in, in this uh, arena was called the discovery process. You have to discover anything inside yourself and outside yourself that you want to do. And you need to go through, you know, asking yourself questions. And people are so concerned with people outside of themselves say or patting you on the back saying you're doing a great job you're doing a great job that's a okay but it's really not the most important thing that you have to strive for you have to know internally that you're doing well you need somebody outside of yourself to tell you the truth and if you've created this team of people who have their own set of skills which a lot of huge entrepreneurs have done and they are willing to tell you the truth you're a step ahead of the game Right, right. And like I said, I, I, that happened to be a skill that I had of being able to put a team together. But knowing which skills that you need and that are critical to get your idea and your, your vision and your dream into a reality is making sure that you have solved that question of how do you aggregate interest in what you're doing? How do you, how do you find buyers Right. And whether you're a B2B company or a B2C company, you need a different set of skills. And certainly if you're just a solopreneur who, you know, is marketing your services. Um, so what I found in my journey was I had an amazing vision. I was able to build an incredible, unique product that was patentable. Um, and I put together a really great team for branding and, and uh, you know, the development side to manage the developers. And at the end of the day, we ended up with this incredible product. But I forgot one really, really important seat at the table, and that was the chief revenue officer of mm. someone to actually drive it forward. So, you know, I think as, as you take a look at your skill set that you need and at, at do you have what it takes to achieve that vision. Uh, I love how you talk about getting that outside input because uh, we, uh, in my first business, I had my primary advisor was my investor 
And what a mistake that was because he was not at all objective. He had $6 million on the line, right? I had a million dollars on the line. He had six. And I couldn't expect him to be objective. He just didn't want to lose his money. So he just, you know, he was right and left not making the right, right decisions. So this whole issue of is my current vision good enough for my business? So let's assume that you have gone through this vision definition process. You've adopted the 12-step program. You've paid attention to the caution lights. And you've surrounded yourself with some really good people. Um, and maybe even written a business plan. So why isn't that enough, right? Where do things still fall down at that juncture? Well, one thing that doesn't present itself all the time is consistency. Consistency over time is an important key to any success in any small business, large business. You must be consistent. When you spoke about Xperia and Priceline, they are consistent. They're reliable, dependable, you know what to expect. But when you have your own product or your own service that you're putting forth, you must be consistent on everything. There has to be a thread that runs through your marketing, your advertising, and also your your team. Everybody has to be on the same place at the same time. If you're not at the same place at the same time, you're going to crack because the edges are very, very fragile. So one thing I know is important is consistency. So one of the things that you talk about uh, after you have clarified your vision, you've gotten validation of the vision, you have a good sense of how your vision connects to uh, the income stream of the business. You, you talk about the importance of keeping your vision alive and, and you actually lay out seven strategies uh, that help us do that. Do you see that as something that we do as, as a CEO founder uh, on our own? Again, is this the coaching uh, uh, journey that we go on with someone to help us with this? Or is this what our team does? And why don't you walk us through what those seven uh, steps are? Well, the first step is about values. And I don't think people even today understand what a value is. A value is why you uh, is a part of you. If you are were lucky enough to be able to create your values at an early age, a value represents who you are internally, and then you can express it externally. For example, one of my principal values, I have four of them, is to show up. So the most important thing in my life is to show up and be present. And I have defined myself by these values for decades. And it's important that people have values to help them know why they are here on this earth. Right. I mean, that's really an important part. The second part is to make, make it real. Make everything real. Don't Don't keep it in your head. Don't make it an illusion. Just make it reality. Because again, the dream uh, loses its authenticity and purpose the more you keep it in a um, headspace as opposed to a real space. I mean, you spoke about, you know, you used your team of volunteers, sort of volunteers, who generated interest in you because they bought you, not your product, whatever the product was. They bought you. I've done a similar thing myself years ago. You know, I was enthusiastic about it. 
I knew what my values were and I knew that I could express them to groups of people so that they would be interested in playing with me. You have to be with people that you can play with and have fun with and enjoy yourself with. So it's gotta be a well-rounded strategy. And then there's also about meditation. Meditation is a way that keeps your vision alive and even larger if you look at it every day. If you meditate, and this is not a big deal, you don't have to go through an ashram in Tibet in order to do this, but if you just sit quietly, probably every morning at least, and say, am I on the right path? Ask the question, is there more I can do? What will happen? You will get a response, maybe in an intriguing way. Maybe someone on your team will say, hey, Joanne, hey, just don't you think you should change the way you're doing this? This isn't working. We're not making any (laughs) money. And you go, well, I got my answer. Right. So it's an observation. And along with your meditation, you want to keep a vision journal. The journal is about your vision. How are you living your vision on a daily basis? How are you supporting your vision on a daily basis? Because if we assume that everything is alive, your vision is alive and needs to be fed. So you can feed it with love. You can feed it with product. You can feed it with coaching. You can feed it with money. You can feed it with other people wanting to work with you or help you or sell your product. And then we have, again, inspired motivation. And this is about trusting your intuition. This is really important. Your intuition is probably the most important uh, aspect of your vision. It's vital for you to understand what a what a vision is, but what your intuition is. I didn't know intuition when I was younger. I didn't even know what the word that the word existed. When it came to a point in time where um, I was working with somebody, a counselor, when I was in between these small businesses that I was operating, and I. Uh, needed some help. So when you need good help, you have to go outside. Got to the point where I went to a counselor and he said, there's nothing more you need to learn from a book. What you need to do is to trust your intuition. And I said, what's that? (laughs) I said, what is intuition? And he explained it to me, but he did say that with my intuition, I could leap over logic and find the answer. And I've been doing that ever since. And I did write another book that also alludes to that, how we need to trust our intuition because our intuition is vital. I'm sure you used your intuition throughout your business life. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I perhaps give it a different name because as I tell my own personal story, one of my gifts, and, and I talk about this as a, you know, your bags, God packs your bags, yes. uh, you know, before you're even, uh, you know, a speck on the earth, but he knows who he wants you to be. And he packs your bags with the things that you're going to need. And I was given the gift of being able to see a problem and solution in the same frame. So uh, other people see a problem and ponder it and, you know, have to go through a long process to get to the place where they see what potential solutions there are. And I, I actually see them at the same time. And not that there's just one solution. Many times there, there are, are many of them, which is why I was so successful as a consultant, because I could walk into a situation 
even in a business I had never done uh, any business in that industry, I could walk in and be effective on day one. And, and so, you know, understanding that, and, and that was my intuition, right, of, of trusting that mm-hmm. the solutions that I saw, that out of those, I would be able to sell one of those solutions to the people who had hired me, right? But I'm really curious about these last two of the seven strategies of the inner vision team and the outer vision team. Tell us about that. Well, the inner vision team is created again um, by yourself, sitting quietly in a space that you have created. If you have the opportunity, you know, sit quietly and create a safe place, a safe place that is beautiful. You know, you can surround yourself with wood, glass, jewels. The doors could be small, the doors could be large, but it has to be representative of you. I remember when I was um, using this process before I wrote the book that my safe, it's a safe place for you to go. That safe place happened to be a tent on a beach, a very nice tent, because I don't camp. Um, <laughs> so you you go into that very refined area and look around you and then you notice that there are people there. They're not only people, there are ideas and thoughts there. You have to acknowledge them for being there for you. You can choose to listen to any one of these things. I mean, let's say you go into, as I did, I go into the tent on the beach and it's beautiful. I have carpeting up the walls. I have drapes coming from the ceiling. I have bejeweled thrones. Uh, There is carpeting on the floor. There are great lamps. Beautiful. It's just gorgeous. And it's mine. And it's me. It represents me, whatever it might be, and the colors. And then I ask, it may sound weird, but I ask, you know, why are you here and what do you have to contribute to me? So for the lamp, of course, I got light. I'm, I'm contributing light. You will always see things clearly. And this is for me to use all the time and anybody else can make it. And then I might ask the carpeting on the floor that's keeping me clean, how can you help me? I will give you a safe place to walk upon and you can bring anybody here with you and you will both be safe. And it's things like that that we have to learn to use. Our imagination comes naturally once we ask the right question. How can you help me? How can you support me? So when you have that inner vision team, you're asking them to support you and your vision. So if you have them support you and your vision, they have fulfilled their purpose. So you have to trust them, trust yourself. It's a place which you can stop worrying. It's a place where you can expand your vision and know that your vision is a powerful thing. And then we also go to our outer vision team. Well, these are the people that you need to help you do what you need to do. Uh, One of the people you need on your great outer vision team is is the creativity. Mm -hmm. So you were the creative person. I'm assuming. Okay. And I would say that I was as well, but we also need, I certainly need a detail person. I hate details. So I have to hire somebody who has a capacity to be not only the detail person, but maybe 
the organizational person at the same time because organization loves the details and vice versa. So it's important that you bring your outer vision team and bring them and fill the needs that you require. And then you need somebody who challenges you. You need your checks and balances, your flaws and your weaknesses covered. If you had had possibly, if you had had a challenger on your team who could be doing another job for this first business that you started or one of them, and you had the investor there because he didn't challenge. He was only worried about his own investment. Right. But a cha- yeah. So a challenger would say to you, Chicky, that's not going to work because this and this and this and this is going to happen. So, you know, your challenger could be your CFO. And that is really important. Right. Well, I found, uh, Joanne, that actually having an external uh, advisor who didn't have a vested interest, because the internal team, they have their vested interest as well. And, and having external advisors uh, who have the business background or the, the technical skills that you need, and I'm not talking about for, for technology, but uh, as, as you mentioned, not every early stage business can have a CFO, but you need to have an advisor externally who has the financial background to help you model your business appropriately or to figure out what to do you know, in, in decision-making of how you structure things, right? So, so that outside voice to me isn't, isn't necessarily your internal team because they can also uh, have a skewed vision for, for whatever it is they're trying to accomplish. Yeah, you need a good mentor. Yeah. You need yeah. somebody from outside that you can touch base with. I still have people that I touch base with from, you know, time to time, whether it's on a weekly or bi-monthly basis, you know, to run by, this is my new idea group. Can you help me? What do you think about this? What should I do about this? I mean, even though we are disbanded because of the pandemic, you know, we still have our phones. We can have a conference call on the phone. Right. We can have a conference call on Zoom or Skype, whatever people prefer. But you need an outside person. And in many instances, I work as an outside person for others. Right. Well, with with having said that, Joanne, I, I know that we're running out of time here. And um, why don't you share with folks uh, how they can best follow you uh, and get in touch with you? And uh, then then we'll wind down here. Well, the easiest way to get in touch with me, and thank you for asking that, Chicky, is to go to my website at askjoannevictoria.com. That's A-S-K-J-O-A-N-N-E, Victoria, just like the queen, dot com. And everything is there. The opportunity to make an appointment with me, the opportunity to read about my business background, the opportunity to check with me in any capacity at askjoannevictoria.com. Great, great. And the other thing I want to share with our listeners is that, that, well, first of all, we've been talking to Joanne Victoria about her book, Vision with a capital V, Create the Business of Your Dreams. And what I'd like to share with you is that the structure of the book is such 
that you can actually go in and use it as a workbook. She's got lots of quizzes and practical uh, forms where there's there's a place for you to actually write your thoughts. Now, I normally do that in, in the margins of the book or I use the empty pages at the end of the book, but Joanne has has already thought about the fact that, that you're going to want to write some of this stuff down. And whether you're a yellow notepad person, I'm, I'm the kind of person that when I set out on a project like this, I would go to Barnes and Noble and buy a beautiful, you know, bound notebook and a new pen that feels really good in my hands. And I would sit down with the book and, you know, I would do it as a project. And, uh, so I, I highly encourage you that if you are trying to figure out if you want to go into business uh, for yourself or if you have been in business for yourself and you've been stalled for whatever reason and you need to re-energize, I highly highly uh, recommend Vision with a capital V. Joanne, thank you so, so much for your time today. And uh, I will definitely get back to you and let you know how my exercise with your book goes. And like I said, this this was at such a pivotal moment for, for me because I am trying to figure out uh, where I go next with my own business. I understand. And I thank you so much, Chickie Fitzgerald, for having me on as a guest. <laughs> well, my pleasure. Great to meet you and uh, have a glorious day. I hope the sun comes out. It's starting to come out right now. Yay. <laughs> Yay, sun. Well, that's great. So have a great weekend and go out and change your game by refining your vision with a capital V. You've been listening to The Game Changer. Ideas. Inspiration. Innovation. With Chickie Fitzgerald. Like what you just heard? Visit c-suiteradio.com. C-Suite Radio. Turning the volume up on business.